Hello and welcome back to another video on this channel. Today we're going to be discussing one of the favourite or one of my favourite books when it comes to reading Nietzsche and that is Beyond Good and Evil. And the reason why I'm going to be talking about Beyond Good and Evil is because I think that this is the very best book to get into the works of Nietzsche. Yes, it is quite difficult and it's not the easiest read of Nietzsche, but if you get some commentary along with it or you get some uh, special kind of discussions, read a bit of Walter Kaufman who talks about the book, then this is perhaps the best entry point or the best summary of Nietzsche, especially if you're one of those people who want to know a bit about Nietzsche but don't want to read all of his works, like you don't want to read the genealogy, you, want, you don't want to read the Antichrist, uh, the will to power and read all his other works, then well, I would recommend you to read Beyond Good and Evil because he really covers a lot of themes in this book. Like the other introduction videos that I've been making on this existentialist series that I've been doing of late, well, essentially, I'm going to start off with talking about the context of this book before then turning to talk about the individual themes. Now, when I'm talking about the individual themes, I'm not going to delve into exactly what he says or his ideas. But more importantly, I just want to tell you, kind of demonstrate how broad the discussion is within this book. Because I think that that looking at it from a more broad perspective is just really, really profound and very, very helpful. So now let us look at the context of this book. And I think that the context is very interesting. He essentially writes this book in August of 1886, which is essentially towards the end of his life. Now, this is a very interesting part of it, because when we look at this, we know that this is, although it is written before the genealogy of morals, before the Antichrist, before Essay Homo, and these kind of like later works of Nietzsche, it is also still written after, it's written after Thus Spoke Zarathustra, it's written like after his other books, like um, I think it's written after The Gay Science. So so this is indeed seen in the later Nietzsche, where his ideas perhaps are more concrete. And of course, when you're reading Nietzsche, it is indeed written in aphorism. So the idea of concrete, re a concrete reading of Nietzsche is, is perhaps a quite vague, a quite, a quite difficult idea to really understand what exactly is a concrete reading of Nietzsche. But it is one of those ideas, one of those books which contain the most, the, or at least the more developed ideas in Nietzsche. And that is essentially the context in which we are looking at. Of course, this is not to say this is the really late Nietzsche right before his mental breakdown. However, it's still close enough to that to say, well, understanding this book would allow you to understand most, or at least maybe 95% of all of Nietzsche's developed philosophy in the sense of his mental development towards the end of his life. And as a result, this is exactly what you expect in, in this book. He talks about psychology, physiology, and he also talks about philosophy and how philosophy is meant to be done in the forms of the will to power, and also talking about the nature and the history of philosophy and how it has been developed, which he does develop later in on the genealogy of morals. However, he also talks about here in chapter one called the prejudice of philosophers. Of course, he talks a bit more about the history of philosophy in other chapters like we scholars and virtues. However, those definitely are ideas which he starts off here and are, and is then developed more later on in later books. Like I've said, it is developed more in On the Genealogy of Morals, developed a bit more in The Antichrist when he talks a bit more about religion. Here he also talks about uh, the religion uh, or at least the usage of the will to power. These things are found in The Antichrist and of course the book named The Will to Power. But he also talks about other things like... Um, like kind of the nature of freedom, the nature and a bit about the eternal recurrence, not a lot, but I mean, you could find tips towards that idea in this book. And essentially, you see a lot of different ideas in this book, which makes it a very good introduction into his works. Furthermore, you get also kind of a brief understanding of his works or his different ideas in a section which he calls maxims and interludes. 
This is uh, very similar to other previous works where he writes like aphorisms on love and hate, where he does indeed talk about kind of brief ideas or brief kind of concepts that he wants to delve into, but not fully delve completely into the bottom of the works. I think that this is essentially how you read Nietzsche. It's really like, you're, while you're reading this work, you're reading this idea, and, and reading Nietzsche is not about reading exactly what Nietzsche is trying to tell you or what exactly Nietzsche is trying to present. Rather, when you're reading Nietzsche, what, you, what he's trying to do, I think, is to really provoke your thought. Because if you look at these axioms, not axioms, but if you, if you look at these uh, maxims or um, what do they call it, aphorisms, what you do see is that aphorisms have the great effect of provoking thought. You read a short sentence and it's like, well, what exactly does it mean? What does it mean when it says, you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares right back at you? Like, is that, is that an in-depth philosophy? No. But does it serve the purpose of provoking thought? Definitely. It's, it's kind of these ideas or these aphorisms which are there to provoke thought, which I think is a very helpful part of reading Nietzsche. It's, it's just as much as understanding what Nietzsche says as it is applying it to your life. And that is a central part of reading Nietzsche, which is philosophy is ultimately a will to power. But of course, the will to power is your life. And as a result, philosophy, in some sense, is the best way or it is the true philosophers are those who embody their philosophy in your life. And as a result, reading Nietzsche should be a practice of you taking those ideas to provoke your thought and then further applying those ideas and those kind of concepts that you learn from reading Nietzsche into your life and understanding more about the works. So I hope you've enjoyed the short video talking about Beyond Good and Evil. Of course, if you want me to discuss any individual section in more depth, feel free to let me know. I'll happily discuss those ideas with you and have a deeper conversation with you there. Make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoy this content. It really helps this channel grow. Stay safe. Like always, see you soon. Thank you for watching and God bless my friends. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you for watching and goodbye.